On this episode of Go Chuck Yourself, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 3, Chuck versus the Cubic Z. That's right. After 25 episodes, Cubics A through Y, we finally made it to Cubic Z. Thank you all for sticking around with us. Yes, hello, welcome. This is Go Chuck Yourself. This is the podcast where we go episode by episode through Chuck. Not all of them are called Chuck versus the Cubic something or other, but they all are called Chuck versus something. Uh, That's true. <laughs> if you learn nothing else from this podcast, take that. You can take that to the bank. Uh, my name is Chris Gillespie. My name is Aaron Arata, currently looking at a pumpkin. But now I'm looking at Chris and I'm ready to talk about Chuck. Um, this episode, of course, is all about... Um, you know, relationship steps. It's all about uh, the big stuff. It's about engagements, weddings, families, all of that. And well, I, it's it's quite apropos that this episode's this week. Uh, Aaron, do you have any big announcements you'd like to share with our <laughs> listeners? Um, am I engaged? Do you know something I don't know? Oh shit! Did he not? Oh, Seth. Sorry. Um. Oh, hold on. I I need to. I need to go have a serious conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I'll I'll wait here. Oh my god, I can't believe. Oh, I was just doing a were bit. You gonna like propose to me. Chris said you were gonna propose to me. Where's the ring? Where is the ring? Okay, I'm back. Um, and is everything okay? Yeah, you see my finger. Oh my god, you. You somehow scared Seth so badly that he proposed on the spot and had a ring just in his pocket? Yeah. Well, it was actually in an air duct and it fell. I, I held up my <laughs> hand and it fell directly onto my finger. Yes. It was incredible. <laughs> it, it's it, what every girl dreams. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is all about uh, engagements, weddings, kids, and also that other big step in a relationship, being in an air duct. A lot of a lot of time spent in air ducts in this episode, yeah. um, and there were big air ducts. Like I, I've never been in a, in an air duct, mm-hmm. and I know that like a lot of shows involve people climbing around in them, and they're always like big enough to hold people. But like these seemed unusually large. These were like the Cadillacs of air ducts. They were massive. <laughs> they were yes. there was enough room for everyone. They seemed very spacious. I, I you really it's a trope that's in a lot of TV and movies, but. Have you ever seen an air duct that you're like, I could fit in that? Like, I just don't No, I'm looking around my room. No, I I definitely could not fit in the air duct in my room. It's just kind of a it's a weird trope that I don't really feel like is uh, is really rooted in anything. Yeah. Um, So Aaron, I guess, is apparently now engaged, which I just kind of willed into happening. So congrats, Aaron. Do you remember in college that I hope you don't remember this because this is really stupid, but oh uh, shit. Do we went, get do we get legally married? Are we like <laughs> do we go to a courthouse and Yeah, oh, that's what damn I was gonna it. say. I know. So we gotta nip that in the bud before I can get married to my actual That's why I keep um, getting all partner. these letters for Chris Arata. I'm like, who is this Chris Arata guy? Why do they keep sending me stuff? Uh, I was gonna say I I went away for like I think it was Halloween our freshman year I like was gone and then I like bought a fake engagement ring and then I like wore it back to school and mm-hmm. like to see if I could like get people to think that I had been engaged over over Halloween the most romantic of holidays uh, no one <laughs> no one uh, was convinced because uh, that I mean that why would they be uh, but. It was a it was a good gag. I thought it was more of a deterrent, like you were trying to wear the ring so people wouldn't hit on you. Oh, maybe that's why no one hit on me in college. Hmm. Because <laughs> you were wearing an engagement ring the entire <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I also wanted to before we start the episode or get into the the you know the nitty gritty of it. There is uh, they're talking about you know. Families in this episode, people having kids. Ellie's obviously having a baby in the season. Um, and I just got word that friend of the show, Frankie Muniz, is going to be having a little Frankie Muniz Jr. early next is that, year. Is that true? Where yes. did you get that news from? I got it from Catherine. So when I when I potentially see him next week, I'm going to have to congratulate him on his forthcoming child. Yes, Frankie Muniz Jr. Oh, that's um, very exciting. Yes, very exciting. And he's going to be born. The baby is allegedly due in March. So there's a chance 
<laughs> me and Frankie Muniz's child will have the same birthday. That's very exciting. If that happens, I don't I don't know. I feel like we would have to do something. We'd have to have like an event, like kind of like watching the royal wedding. We'd have to do like <laughs> some some type of celebration. Or have some kind of live Munez baby watch. We can set up cameras <laughs> outside of his home and that'd be great. Uh, outside of his um vinegar, olive oil and vinegar store. So if he has a girl, they would probably have to name it Olive, right? And if it's a yeah. boy, it would be Oliver. Oliver. They or Vinny for short for vinegar. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess I that mean, makes sense. You think we're going to be godparents? I feel like it's between you and I. I feel like we're, it's on the table. I feel like it's on the table. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly yeah. not like a done deal, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world, right? So I feel like we have to stay legally married until next March <laughs> when they announce it, because it will be like kind of a little awkward if like two people are godparents who are in a couple. Right. But then like once it's announced, we can like file the paperwork. Okay, so you think we'll stay legally married even though we've not been living married ever. Uh, we will continue to do that until March when f sitcom actor Frankie Muniz has a baby, in which case we will get divorced if we were not made godparents of that baby. Yes, or even like even if we are, we will still get divorced, but just not until that point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Once again, this is a podcast about Chuck. <laughs> so, Aaron, would you like to tell us how the the episode Chuck versus the Cubic Z opens up? My first note is spy more. Is that anything? Oh, that's a think, good idea. Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they can't not have used that in like some episode. Like, I feel like at some point. Yeah. How do you not but, say spy more? Yeah. But um, I just I, maybe that's what the spice shop in the buy more plaza is called. That would be pretty funny. That would be pretty funny. I wonder if all the spies who are working at the buy more now go to that spy shop on their breaks. I wonder. So we start the actual episode with a high security prison transport driving through the desert. The drivers noticed some engine trouble and I thought they were going to be like part of a scary breakout sequence because I just watched Mission Impossible Fallout last night. But actually, the truck is just going to get rerouted. Where does it get rerouted, you ask? Let's take one guess. At the Bymore, Morgan is preparing for an anticipated game release of the game Spy Attack, which seems to be... It looks kind of like Halo? What is it? What is it? Do you think it's supposed to be? I assumed Call it was of like, Duty? I assumed it was Call of Duty. Okay. But I, yeah, I guess not Halo. Spy Call Attack. Duty, it's, it's like some... It's Spy Attack. And it's like not the first Spy Attack game. It's like a hotly anticipated yearly release of this new Spy Attack entry into the franchise. So there's a bunch of gamers already camped out in the store. As Morgan's stressing and also drooling over this week's new Greta... Chuck is going on and on about his next mission with Sarah, where they're going on an all-expense-paid trip to Monaco. He's very excited. You know who isn't excited? Sarah. She's really nervous because she has to talk to Chuck about not wanting kids right now. She asks Casey about Alex, and if finding out he had a child changed his priorities, he says his priorities are still God, country, duty, and core. Which, okay, let's, we gotta, we gotta talk about this. It's not at odds with Casey's character to know that he like his number one priority is God and he is a very religious man. But at the same time, we've never heard him talk about this before. And I like, do you think there's like crosses in his apartment? Do you think Casey attends church or do you think it's kind of like a theoretical like he's like he's comfortable with his spirituality, but he doesn't like act on it in front of others? What do you think? Yeah, I feel like he would probably keep his personal faith probably pretty close to the chest. Mm -hmm. Okay, seem. that makes sense. Yeah. But I uh, I guess we don't really know what he does on Sunday morning. So maybe, he, That's true. maybe he's going to church. I don't know. I can't believe one of his priorities. Like, I feel like it should have been God, country, duty, core, Crown Vic. <laughs> he loves his Crown Vic. He does. Or his bonsai tree. It should be God, yeah. country, duty, core, Crown Vic, bonsai tree. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. So it's God, country, duty, core, Crown Vic, bonsai tree, Ronald Reagan. This is one of those games where you're like sitting in a circle and you have to like remember what the other person said. So anyway, uh, Sarah is relieved when Beckman calls to say that the trip to Monaco has been canceled and Chuck and Sarah will be spending the night in Castle with the prisoners from the transport. Sarah relays this to Chuck and he is disappointed, but he notices that she isn't. He's kind of weird about this, but she insists that she's just happy to spend a quiet night with him. Then the transport arrives. And when I say I screamed, Chris, I screamed because who's in the transport but Stone fucking cold fucking Steve fucking Austin and also Nicole fucking Richie. Incredible. 
so exciting. I like, <laughs> I've never been this excited in an episode of Chuck. I can confirm that I've never seen Aaron so enthusiastic about anything, let alone an episode <laughs> of Chuck. Oh my God. I was so like, and it's not even like, they're not even like Chuck favorites. Like they, they didn't make a huge impact in the episodes that they were in, but there's just something about like them coming back and together. I know. It was really, I feel like I wouldn't have been uh, as excited. Like when I would have first seen this, but mm-hmm. now, like, watching it back, I was like, really? We're getting character? These characters yeah. are coming back? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm very excited to uh, see how this plays out. Yeah. I um, will talk about if he redeems himself from what you called the, I don't know if you said disaster, but it was some word like that of the episode that he was in before. Okay, so if you haven't listened to our episode about Chuck versus First Class, or maybe also the season three finale episode, I have some choice words about <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin's performance. Uh, I have referred to it as maybe the worst acting performance <laughs> in Chuck. Um, this was, of course, before Lou Ferrigno. And um, but I I really thought he was really pretty terrible at Chuck versus first class. So, yeah, I'm interested to see if he turns in another stinker this week or if he's (laughs) gone to acting school and has gotten better. So after the credits, Morgan is alarmed to learn that Big Mike has come to the store. He says he's been avoiding his mom's house because he doesn't want to see the man whose job he stole. But he's finally forced to confront Big Mike. Big Mike comes in and says, I'm bursting with pride seeing you in that suit. So it's a it's a very nice moment. Between them two. Meanwhile, in Castle, the drivers put Stone Cold and Nicole Richie in their cells, and Chuck and Sarah hang around to, like, glow. I don't really know why they're there, um, but they're they're watching all this happen. Stone Cold asks the driver for his newspaper, and the driver gives it to him, which I feel like that's asking for trouble. Back in the Bymore, Big Mike asks Morgan for permission to marry Morgan's mom. He gives Morgan the ring to hold on to, which is the, the cubic Z, it's cubic zir- zirconia, which mm-hmm. is what the title of the episode is about um th- that's somebody giving somebody else an engagement ring like to hold on to seems to be something that happens a lot in this show and it never really goes well i don't know why people keep doing that yeah i feel like it happens a lot in chuck but also just yeah. in other forms of media where it's always like hold yeah. on to this ring and it's always like yeah. they can't hold on to the ring never give someone else yeah. your ring just hold on to the ring yourself yeah. just hold it. on to it Li- like wear it if you can like if that's not gonna give away the game like yeah wear your ring yeah keep it in some kind of safe place keep it in just a safe keep it in it, a bank like don't give it to a plucky like comedic <laughs> character to hold on to because uh spoiler alert they're not gonna do a good job and you're gonna lose your goddamn ring Morgan is a little caught off guard by all of this, so he doesn't answer the question right away, and he's even more caught off guard when Big Mike asks for a job. Morgan agrees reluctantly, but he's saved by the phone ringing. He answers and learns he's only getting six copies of Spy Attack. Like, there's a whole crowd of, like, hundreds of people, so what's he gonna do? Mm-hmm. Also, meanwhile, Chuck and Sarah are about to begin their talk when Chuck flashes on the security camera footage of Nicole Ritchie. He says she's in the Intersect 2.0 and apparently has some kind of connection to his mom. Sarah is a little concerned that they don't have the authority to interrogate Nicole, but Chuck points out that they don't have the authority to use the supply closet for what they use it for. I miss that completely. You miss that? Yeah, he says, we don't have the authority to use the supply closet for what we use it for either. Like storing snacks? I get, I hope that's what he means. That's disrespectful to Casey. Like, (laughs) they live relatively close. Like, they live together. (laughs) I don't know. Like, they just get a thrill out of this, I guess? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe that's part of their thing. Maybe they like traveling around and doing it in different locations is how they closets keep keep the thrill alive. Well, they don't have the, um, they don't have the walk-in freezer anymore, so. Why? You think they would want to do it in the walk-in freezer? I don't know. I feel like... (sighs) I feel like that's asking for trouble. I feel like there's going to be parts of everyone's bodies getting stuck to pieces of equipment that they're never supposed to be attached to. I'm not the one who said I want to do it. I'm saying they seem like people who would want to do it. Okay, so Sarah agrees to interrogate Nicole if she's the tough cop and Chuck is the silent cop. He agrees to that, but tells her if things start to go south, she should just use time machine in a sentence. We get a quick cut to Stone Cold in his cell where he's turning the newspaper into a shiv. (laughs) <laughs> is it a shiv or is it a shank more importantly is there a difference yeah that's a good question um in her cell nicole says she'll only talk if they get her into the witness protection program 
She calls Sarah a bottle blonde, which, first of all, I don't know if that's true. Second of all, Chuck comes to Sarah's defense, and um, Nicole deduces that they're actually dating, and she starts, like, needling along, bringing up babies. Sarah immediately gets flustered and just says flat-out, time machine. She and Chuck head back out, and she tells Chuck he can't let Nicole get under his skin, though it's clear that she's getting under Sarah's, and Chuck knows it. They head back in. Meanwhile, Stone Cold is getting a meal, even though, like, they're they're not really supposed to be at this prison for a long time, so I don't know why there's, like, why he's getting a meal. I guess he said it was dinner time or whatever, but, like, I don't know. It seems weird that, like, they're at this transport, like, overnight, and he's still getting, like, a... A dinner. I well, don't know. Maybe that's not weird. As we know, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, flies first class. So I think that's he's really true. kind of accustomed to getting meals and kind of a certain level of treatment when he goes yes, places. Okay. So I don't think that just being in a CIA holding cell really exempts people from delivering that kind of first class service to Stone okay, Cold Steve Austin. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. totally. I understand. Chuck and Sarah return to Nicole Richie's cell for interrogation take two. But it goes uh, just as poor as it went the first time with Nicole Richie confessing about how she took advantage of her, I'm assuming, ex-husband at this point. I can't imagine <laughs> that they stayed married after the yeah. events of Chuck versus the Cougars. Um, yeah. Her ex-husband, Ben Savage, uh, <laughs> by the way, in case you forgot yeah. about that. Um, and she says that he she broke his heart and like ruined his life and took everything yeah. from him. Yep. Uh, and then Chuck gets really uncomfortable. Uh, like with this discussion. So he calls out Time Machine. Back at the Buy More, Morgan monologues to himself about rather having to deal with an angry mob uh, that doesn't receive their spy attack games rather than having to call Big Mike Dad, which I was kind of hurt by. I, I yeah. took, I was a little offended. Um, You know, what, what's he? Why? We would be, we would all be lucky to call Big Mike Dad. I, yes. And um, I'm surprised that I thought the relationship between Morgan and Big Mike was better than that. But yeah. Seems like he's having a little hard he's time with it. He's just having uh, some commitment issues, I guess. Well, you know what? Part of the problem is we actually don't know anything about Morgan's actual dad. He may not. That's his, true. His dad may not be in the picture. He may not never have known his dad. He may actually have very complex daddy issues. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would explain a lot. We really don't. All we know is that his mom um, had him via C-section. Outside Nicole Richie's cell, Chuck asks Sarah why the topic of their relationship is so sensitive for both of them. And Sarah... Seeing someone drag a dead guard behind Chuck says we have a problem. <laughs> and that problem is named Stone Cold Steve Austin 316, who is now <laughs> loose in Castle with an assault rifle. Stone Cold Steve Austin open fires at Chuck and Sarah and they escape into Nicole Richie's bulletproof cell. Stone Cold Steve Austin finds them and tells Nicole Richie that Mr. Volokov says hi and then tells Chuck and Sarah to give Nicole Richie to him and he won't kill anyone else. Nicole Richie insists on them not opening the door and Chuck and Sarah demand to know what's going on. Turns out that Nicole Richie used to work for Volokov and she blew a $500 million deal for him and now he's pissed at her. Sarah calls Casey and tells him what's going on and he leaves the buy more immediately even as Morgan is trying to convince him to be the one that delivers the bad news to all of these spy attack fans. Casey then calls Greta, um, who's played by Stacey Keebler. I don't know if we mentioned that, but she's the WWE um, person. She's a, a, a lady female yeah, wrestler, we did. we did not mention that but that is true um it's okay she's about to leave the episode in a moment so it's not super important <laughs> but the whole she's just an attractive person that they have is greta she's in castle right now because she's been creeped out by lester and all of the spy attack fans casey tells her to get to the cell block to neutralize the prisoner but then stone cold steve austin shows up and she tries to fight him but he punches her in the face immediately and like knocks her out um Stone Cold Steve Austin then makes for a computer terminal, seemingly try to hack into Chuck, Sarah, and Nicole Richie's cell. But as Casey tries to get into Castle through the Buy More break room, we find that Stone Cold Steve Austin actually was trying to put Castle into a perimeter lockdown mode, which means that Casey can't get in. Stone Cold Steve Austin starts methodically opening the cell doors to get to the one with Sarah and Chuck. But Casey tries to perform a manual override um, to, like get past bypass the castle lockdown, but he encounters an automated an automated voice program which is kind of like a Siri kind of thing, or like when you call um, like a bank or some other customer service like line that's automated. Siri. She's very breathy. <laughs> Did you not notice that? No. <laughs> I thought that was like the most, I, I thought you were going to be like, yeah, of course, that's the joke. No, she's like, 
welcome Casey to the castle. Like, she's very, she's just very, like, erotic. <laughs> Sexual icon, uh, disembodied castle voice. Yes. Um, if this was Mass Effect, they would turn her into an actual character in the sequel. Oh, I'm sure. Someone will understand that reference to uh, Edie. The one person, you're welcome for that. Um, so anyhow, K- uh, Casey's not having it. He doesn't really think this robot woman is sexy. So he rips her out of the locker and finds like an actual switch to activate like the fire alarm or like a fire what escape about, thing. Like, why did you turn that into like a vision joke? I feel like vision is like the more obvious like version of that, Chris. Why didn't I turn it into a Vision slash Jarvis joke? Um, I don't know. I was just thinking sexy robot lady voices that I turned into physical sexy okay, robot ladies. all right, that's fine. That's why I was thinking of Mass Effect. I just wanted to say that I could make that joke too with Vision. <laughs> WandaVision, coming to Disney Plus soon. Check it out. So after Casey pulls the switch, a fire ladder drops down into Nicole Richie's cell, giving them uh, just a moment to evacuate the cell before Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin arrives. And then we have a fascinating declassified scene. And uh, that fascinating was very sarcastic, if that was not apparent. Uh, so we I exclusively got to see Chuck pull the ladder up behind him as they crawl up into the air ducts where they'll, where they'll spend most of tonight's episode. Stone Cold Steve... <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say that was it. He just, like, closes it. Yeah, basically. Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> looks up at the ceiling, fires a few bullets at it, and then stops and takes out his phone. He calls someone to tell them that Nicole Richie and two of the spies got away, and the person on the other end asks him if they should notify uh, if they should notify Volkov, but Stone Cold Steve Austin finds a ladder going up into an air duct in the neighboring cell and says, no, I'm going in after them. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Morgan, meanwhile, pawns off the responsibility of being the ones to break the bad news to the spy attack fans to Jeff and Lester, who he hands a script to and gives explicit instructions um, of like how they are to read it. Lester says that he'll only read the script if he has the freedom to edit it however he wants. And Morgan is so stressed out that he doesn't really care. And he says, go ahead. As this is happening, Chuck, Sarah and Nicole Richie are crawling through the air ducts to get out of Castle. Chuck comments that typically things do not end well for people who crawl through air ducts. And Nicole Richie calls him a dork. And it's all fun and games until Stone Cold Steve Austin finds a way into their part of the air duct. <laughs> Casey finally gets to Castle and sees all the damage Stone Cold Steve Austin has wrought. Sarah pages Casey and tells him where they are in the air ducts. And Casey gives them directions and also points out that Stone Cold Steve Austin is nowhere to be seen. So he must be after Chuck and Sarah and Nicole in the ducts. In the air duct, Nicole continues to generally just be like a pain in the ass and trying to pry into Chuck and Sarah's relationship. So Sarah kicks her in the face, but (laughs) just lightly, I guess, because she's fine. Like she doesn't get a bloody nose or like broken teeth or anything. It's just like a little love tap to the face. Yeah, it's just a little kick. Sarah's boot. Back at the buy more, the clock strikes 12, which means that spy attack is officially available. Although if you ask me, the clock really should have struck 316 at some point. (laughs) <laughs> Seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, Jeff- uh, for a second, I was like, is that a real time? Is it possible to be 316? So that's where I'm at today. It is. It can actually be possible twice. It happens. It's actually um, in eight minutes. It will be 316 here in California. Well, please let me know when it is 316 because okay, we will. will have to have a special celebration. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jeff and Lester. Um, so it strikes midnight. This means that spy attack is officially available, available everywhere besides this particular buy more. Jeff and Lester usher the fans into the presentation area, um, still not notifying them about the situation at hand. Morgan freaks out, but they tell him that they've got it covered. Morgan gets a call from the distributor or vendor or like his district manager or someone. And he learns that instead of six games, they're only going to be receiving eight, which it doesn't matter if they have a thousand games, because if they don't already have like, what do they mean? They're going to be receiving these games. If they haven't already received them, it doesn't matter if they have a thousand games coming because no one there's no games in the store that's the main problem not the quantity of the games that aren't in the store so morgan continues to panic when big mike approaches him and tells him that somebody needs to take leadership of the situation but morgan can't process this and walks away so at this moment aaron i was wondering what would you do if you were morgan in this situation how would you handle this problem (laughs) this feels like a job interview i was i wasn't prepared for um a problem solving so if I was in a situation where I had a crowd of people waiting for something that I did not have. Yes. Do you um 
but it's the buy more. You have everything that's available to the buy more. You have like presumably like normal retail kind of things that are probably available in the buy more. You have different powers as a manager. Okay, so that's a good point. I feel like you would want to offer them something. This is just like a genuine answer. <laughs> I feel like you would want to like offer them like discounted or free, like like a voucher of some sort for like a free video game of their choice and then like heavily discount the release in like if Morgan mentions that it's going to take two weeks for the games to come. Like if you could say like we're going to host another event in two weeks that's going to have like special fun things also you get a voucher for the game of your choice today and then also it's going to be heavily discounted when the game arrives or like make everybody get on the wait list sort of but like they're instead of like they're guaranteed a copy Mm -hmm. um if they're if they're present because it's kind of like if you've ever been at like a movie when like i when i saw um one of the hobbit movies they there was technical difficulties and they had to send us home without finishing the film. So they gave us all vouchers to see like a, a future free movie. So it's kind of like that. Like, it's just like a hotly anticipated thing. You got to give something for free and then you got to mm-hmm. give them a way to like actually get what they came for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That was a good answer. Um, Thank you. We will be in touch and we have some more candidates that we're interviewing, but <laughs> uh, we really enjoyed our time and we hope to speak to you soon. Thanks very much. It was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Please leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Sarah, Chuck, and Nicole Richie eventually reach the room at the end of the air duct, which also happens to be the name of my upcoming young reader's book, <laughs> The Room at the, the End of the Air Duct. <laughs> that sounds legit. Sounds like the sequel to The House with the Clock in Its Walls. Yes, it's kind of, it's got, it's like realistic, but also kind of has like, you know, fantastical elements oh, to I it. Oh, I see, yes. Yeah, course. there's probably like little talking animals that live in the room at the end of the air ah, duct. Ah, interesting. And like a boy climbs into the air duct and then crawls through it and then lands in this kind of mysterious room with all these talking animals. I feel animals. like maybe they have to be like made of yarn. Like there has to be like some kind of like gimmick, like they have like button eyes or something. Sure, yeah, that's fine. Okay. I think that would be great because yeah, then cool. in the movie adaptation, okay. I feel like Tim Burton would really be into yeah, the yeah. button eye people. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> check it out at your, your Barnes & Noble coming soon, the room <laughs> at the end of the air duct. They reach a locked door. Uh, I guess the room is locked that Sarah says Casey will need to open for them. And Nicole Richie decides to take this time to basically reiterate exactly what she said earlier about Ben Savage and her relationship, which is that she well, thought- she's she's got a lot to she's been in prison. She probably hasn't had like a therapist. She's got a lot to say. I guess so. Um, she says that she thought that being with a sweet, innocent, wholesome guy would make her a better person. But it didn't. She couldn't figure. She just ultimately could not fight her inner nature. I didn't get that vibe from their relationship before. I didn't get the vibe that she was, like, trying out, like, living with a sweet guy. Well, I think when we saw them before, that was already towards the end of their relationship. Like, things were already bad. We never saw it when it was good. I just assumed that she always had gotten with him in order to, like, because he was, like, a genius and developing, like, weapons or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just assumed it was all a con, but I guess that's not the case. Nicole then goes further to say that these conversations have made Sarah so uncomfortable because Sarah knows that she and Nicole are the same person, but Sarah tells Chuck not to listen to her. Nicole Richie uh, really tries to drive a wedge in between Chuck and Sarah, and Chuck asks why they're even keeping her around, which is what I was certainly asking myself at this point. I was like, why are they even doing this? Um, but Nicole reminds them that she worked for Agent, or she worked with Agent Frost, Chuck's mom. The locked door starts to open, and uh, I thought it was Casey, but it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Is it three sixteen? Ah! Nope, not yet. Ah, Sorry, that would have been perfect. That would have been really cool. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we then enter a. You're going to tell me that when it's three sixteen, right? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. We then enter a fight sequence in which Chuck and Stone Cold Steve Austin nearly fall down some other air duct. And Nicole Richie tries to make an escape before Sarah fights her for a sexy Sarah showdown. Chuck flashes on close quarter combat, but it doesn't do him much good because it's just like he's kind of like locked arms with Stone Cold Steve Austin in this air duct. But like they're not locked in like a romantic way. They're kind of it's like an angry way. They're dangling above this air duct slide. Uh, Sarah goes back and forth between trying to rescue Chuck and trying to knock out Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie is a scrappy little lady. Sarah eventually knocks her out just as Chuck eventually drops Stone Cold Steve Austin sliding down the vent. Sarah rescues Chuck and the two take a moment to catch their breath. Jeff and Lester have since taken the stage of the Buy More and rather than rip into a Jeffster performance, which I was 110% (laughs) sure was what was about to happen, 
Lester says that he's going to deliver some freeform spoken word poetry while Jeff performs karate moves from the game. The fans are incredulous, but Lester insists that they cannot purchase the game just yet. I guess rather than go through the door that they wanted to go through that is now open for them, Chuck, Sarah, and Nicole Richie climb back into the air ducts. Um, but Stone Cold Steve Austin is there too and is in the process of tracking them down when Casey pops around the corner and holds Stone Cold Steve Austin at gunpoint. Casey calls in a helicopter to come pick up Stone Cold Steve Austin and Nicole Richie. The helicopter is very prompt because next we cut to Sarah, Chuck, Casey, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Nicole Richie standing on the roof of the Biomore as the helicopter lands. Nicole Richie says that since Sarah and Chuck aren't holding up their end of the bargain, she's not going to hold up hers and, divide, and divulge what she knows about Frost. Sarah uh, pull- Chris, I have big news. Yes? 316. 316! Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin! In years active, 1989-2003, he retired in March 30th, 2003. He is a build... He retired? Yeah. And he has a build oh. weight of 252 pounds! Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull. What's Broken Skull? It's the Broken Skull Challenge. It's the reality show that he does on the... Uh, the Country Music Channel, apparently. I'm oh, just reading random facts of about Stone Cold Steve Austin from his Wikipedia page. Anyhow, Sarah pulls Chuck aside and asks if Nicole Richie's been getting to him, but Chuck says that he wants to know why all of this discussion has been getting underneath Sarah's skin. Once the helicopter lands and the operatives from inside start approaching our team, Stone Cold Steve Austin smiles in case he realizes that the operatives are not from the CIA. They're Volokov's men. No! A, f- a firefight ensues on the roof of the Bymore. Stone Cold Steve Austin uses the gunfight as a cover to sneak back into the air ducts and escape. The guy really he loves, loves air, those ducts. air ducts. He's, yeah. I think he's going to like rent out space in one of those air ducts. He's just <laughs> loving life out. in there. Casey passes Chuck a handgun and tells him that he and Sarah will take care of the gunfight. Chuck needs to go after Stone Cold Steve Austin in the vents. So away Chuck goes down the air duct, gun in hand. Casey continues to shoot at Volokov's men, but Casey actually gets shot himself and is knocked down. Volkov's men point out that Sarah and Casey are trapped now and tells them that if they hand over Nicole Richie, they'll leave them alone. Nicole Richie tells Sarah to hand her over. The information that Nicole Richie has is not worth dying over. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. But Sarah says that Nicole Richie (laughs) doesn't know her. She doesn't know how she thinks or feels. And she hands Nicole Richie Casey's machine gun. Sarah counts down from three. And then she and Nicole Richie stand up and open fire on Volkov's men, successfully taking them down. It's pretty badass. So that was a sexy Sarah shootout is what that was. Yes, that's true. Back inside, the crowd is none too pleased about Jeff and Lester's impromptu poetry slam. So Lester finally admits that the games didn't show and the crowd begins to riot, like literally riot. They grab Morgan and they begin crowd surfing him, which I'm not sure is a riot thing so much as just like really fun for him. But then they begin like properly knocking things over and fighting Fernando and whatnot. In the commotion, the engagement ring falls out of Morgan's pocket and gets kicked across the floor. Morgan crawls along trying to get it and keeps just missing it. Also, a kid in green face paint pops out of like a horizontal refrigerator and shoots Morgan in the ass with a rubber band, which I was very into. Eventually, Big Mike slaps Morgan in the face and tells him to get on his feet, which prompts Morgan to admit he lost the ring. Big Mike says he'll quiet the riot and Morgan better find that ring. I, I think now is a good time to ask you, did you have a favorite gamer of of the gamers in the crowd? Did anyone stand out to you? No, <laughs> but I'm assuming that you do. I did. There was a guy. He was at the very front. He was wearing a black shirt with red stars and he was he, he had great facial reactions. He was really like he looked um like aggravated. He looked like very outraged. At the in the end of the scene, he helps Big Mike fix the microphone. Oh, he, he seemed like a cool guy. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So meanwhile, Chuck chases Stone Cold into the air ducts, but their combined weight isn't doing much for the metal, so they crash down directly into the Buy More storage cage. So it's like a a cage match, one might say. Three sixteen. Chuck flashes and they fight, but ultimately Stone Cold is a little too much for old Chuckles, so he knocks Chuck down and escapes the cage. Stone Cold runs out into the store where Big Mike has managed to shut down the entire crowd and make them all feel pretty stupid for rioting. When Stone Cold rushes out and is yelling for at everyone to move, Big Mike is like, nope, not on my watch, and he runs down to fucking tase him. <laughs> his taser, he's named uh, the Disco Stick. Yes, that is true. He keeps it in his car. Chuck returns just as Stone Cold is knocked to the ground unconscious. 
Casey is in a wheelchair, and I couldn't uh, figure out for the life of me why he was in a wheelchair. I guess I forgot that he was shot. There, that scene kind of, like, wasn't played, like, for a huge drama. It kind of slipped my mind, but uh, his his little brush with gunfire has left Casey in a wheelchair. He says he's going to be laid up for a little while, and Sarah suggests that he use that time to get to know Alex better. Casey advises Sarah to finally have her talk with Chuck. All this is happening while the drivers are getting Nicole, Richie, and Stone Cold ready for transport again. Nicole tells Sarah that she met Frost on something called Project Beacon, and that Frost was always around Volkov. Maybe she had to be. She also asks Sarah if she's really in love with Chuck. Sarah doesn't answer and just says goodbye, Heather, and walks away. Back in the Bymore, the green shirts are cleaning up, and Morgan is sad because he hasn't found the ring. As penance, he gives Big Mike the assistant manager vest and tells Big Mike that he can handle anything and definitely has Morgan's permission to marry his mom. Big Mike says that marriage isn't about a ring anyway, and they have a nice hug, but there's a really stressful bit afterwards where right in the background someone is sweeping the ring into a vent and it's tumbling down an air shaft. I thought it was just going to get lost and that's where the episode was going to end, but in fact, no, it's headed down to Castle. And during the next scene, we get little cuts of it continuing its trek along the ventilation system. Down in Castle, Sarah tells Chuck that talking about kids scared her, but it took spending the night in Castle with Nicole Richie for her to realize that she may not be ready for kids yet, but she's not like Nicole anymore. Chuck introduces a game of ready or not ready, which leads Sarah to admit that she would use his toothbrush, which is something that I find disgusting, and I definitely am not ready for that. No, I was... I internally as i was watching this i was shouting hard no hard no absolutely not i would like not brush my teeth or go buy another toothbrush somewhere at the hotel lobby or at like a convenience store i would not use your finger like you could do that no i'm not an animal we have tools erin we're not we're we've evolved from the apes we don't need to yeah well this was disgusting i would not even i think that is much more disgusting than like using the bathroom with the door open i think i understand I think what? both are heinous acts, but yeah, I agree that the <laughs> toothbrush is almost actually worse than the bathroom with the door open. So the conversation ends when the ring falls down out of a vent and onto the ground at Chuck's feet. He bends down to pick it up, and instead of like just like then immediately standing, he does this kind of like <laughs> weird thing where he's de- he like turns to Sarah and he's down on one knee and looking at the ring. And then instead of saying, wait, no, this is not mine, he and Sarah just say, wow, 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 to each other until the episode ends. <laughs> so they might be engaged i don't really know it's unclear i don't know i'm sure the uh the uh previews or the trailers for that episode probably include the shot of chuck down on one knee with a ring so oh sure my god were, I'm, pr- I'm sure they did they were probably hyping it up yeah so chuck versus the cubic z although it seems that chuck's problems with the cubic z are really just beginning it seems i feel like sarah would want like i, I mean maybe sarah would want a diamond but i feel like she would want a more like unique ring you know, and Chuck's like, well, I know we just had a long talk about why you like have commitment issues and are just kind of you were just now we're comfortable unpacking your suitcase in my apartment. But now seems like a good time to also get engaged. No, hold your horses, Chuck. Yeah, Slow I know. Like, I understand that he's shocked. Like, I kind of thought it was going to play as if like he holds up the ring and bo- he's about to say like, no, 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 wait, I just found this. And then she's like, yes, I am ready to marry you. But that's not what happened. He just doesn't say anything. Yeah. I don't know. He could have also just said, wow, there's a ring on the ground and kind of made it yeah. more obvious that he found a ring instead of just yeah. taking it. I don't know. Also, like when maybe he's just really like agrees with her when she says her hard no about having the bathroom door open. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, that was it. That's what I needed to yeah. hear. Now I'm ready. Let's take <laughs> this I'm to the next level. Marriage. Yes. Um, so speaking of marriage. <laughs> We are also ready for marriage. Uh, for Chuck, Mary, kill, we're going to be marrying one part of this episode, and then we're going to be killing one part of this episode. Aaron, what would you like to marry? So I'm going to marry, maybe this will come as a surprise to you, maybe it won't, Nicole Richie's acting. I thought she what? was great. Are you I serious? I great. Are you doing a I bit thought, right now? No, I'm not doing a bit. I actually thought she was great. I don't think that she really handled like the big emotional scenes very well, like when she had to say something genuine. Chris has his hand over his face. I know we said we'd have to wait until Frankie Munez's child is born to get divorced, but I'm thinking that we're going to need to get divorced <laughs> right it. now. This yeah, is this is it. it. Yeah. Um, no, but I think that she handles, like, the bully thing really well. Like, she just has this recognizable vibe of, like, a high school mean girl. So when she's saying these things that, like, a real person, like, wouldn't really say, I just buy them coming from her. 
it's like it's like half and half i guess like i only want to marry half of her acting because like when she's like was project beacon like when she has to like be genuine it doesn't really come across as well but she just like has a good vibe for being like your high school enemy okay I think that's okay. So let's we'll go a little out of order here. Let me share my kill. Oh, boy. It takes a special kind of actor to be in an episode of Chuck with Stone Cold Steve Austin and still give the worst performance of no! the episode. I thought she was good. That's right. I'm talking about Nicole Richie. I understand why they wanted to bring her back to kind of get under Sarah's skin, but it was just so heavy handed and repetitive and without any payoff. I really like bringing back characters from previous episodes, but I feel like there are a number of other characters that could have fit into this particular role. It was just so painful that she keeps insisting that she knows Sarah when she clearly doesn't. So to your point, I think you have a valid point that like maybe she was so annoying that that was part of the plan that like why she was so hard to watch was because that she was embodying this kind of high school bully. (laughs) But I also think Uh I'm like, I don't know. I just don't buy that character being real but and her performance was just so i i did not think it was good i was so actually what you're telling me is that you're not looking forward to the episode where your friend manoush comes back are you serious no i'm i oh. don't know if that's really an episode <laughs> you just like made I, my heart just dropped excited? into my stomach no i was just like are you for real <laughs> but it just made me it just kind of you know it was a an exercise in gratitude because then i was just thankful whenever i saw stone cold steve austin because i was like <laughs> I can't believe I'd be happy to see Stone Cold Steve Austin in an episode, but I just, yeah, Nicole Richie is not an actress. I don't know why they brought her back. I thought she was good. <laughs> um, so do you want to say your actual Mary? Yes. Yeah, so who I'd like to marry. Um, I'm very excited to announce our engagement. I would absolutely agree to take Big Mike's hand in marriage <laughs> after this episode. Yeah, he was great. I was hoping that he'd be back this episode because I saw him in the intro credits. and I was like, when's Big Mike going to come back? Uh, We haven't seen him in the past two episodes, and I feel like he really had a pretty significant role to play. I feel like he got a lot of time and had a lot Mm -hmm. to do. Um, I think he handled every situation that he was in, from the riot to dealing with Morgan with grace and class and dignity and leadership. And I would would be honored to be his husband and (laughs) I guess maybe also vote for him. I'm not really clear, but uh, I'm going to marry him and then I'm going to vote for him. So Great. I, I agree with that. So that leaves my kill. If you kill Big which... Mike, I'm I'm seriously going to end the episode. <laughs> no, I'm not going to kill Big Mike. Um, one of the gamers who I guess I would say is my least favorite gamer. I already mentioned my favorite gamer, but one of the <laughs> others who I did not like. Okay. And specifically, I did not like his shirt, which uh-huh. his shirt says. And I think this is a shirt that I've seen. I'm sure it was just like a gamer shirt that they bought. I don't think it's specific to Chuck, but he's wearing a shirt that says your mom is rated E for everyone. And I did not (laughs) care for that. So I would just uh, get rid of that. Okay. Weird that in an episode starring Nicole Richie, you honed in on a t-shirt to, to scratch (laughs) off the record, but that's fine. That's okay. I thought she was great. Um, so this will be interesting going into this. I don't know how this is going to play out now. (laughs) Uh, the scooter scale, uh, where we'd love to see Scooter come back in the Wienerlicious. Yes, but we would. That's not going to happen, but we can dream. And while we dream, we will give this episode zero, uh, between zero and five corn dogs, based on how much we liked it and how strong we thought it was. So, Aaron, how many corn dogs would you give this episode? I'm going to give this episode 3.5 corn dogs. Nice, not bad. I enjoyed it more than Chuck versus the suitcase. Although, like, weird, but fine. <laughs> Just as I speak more, you're just going to get louder and louder. Yes. Um, I thought that it was an enjoyable episode. I agree with what you're saying that like the like Nicole Richie, Sarah plot line was kind of repetitive. But I felt like this, like if if they are going to insist on giving us these barriers in Chuck and Sarah's relationship and like these like kind of realistic, but also kind of annoying problems of like eight months in of, of wanting to get married, et cetera, et cetera. I felt like this episode was, like, emotionally was handled pretty well. I thought that it was pretty enjoyable. I thought, like, the big moments, like, I liked when Sarah gave Nicole Richie the gun. I liked the reveal. I feel like the highs were so high that, like, it made the lows, like, less poignant for me. And I thought that everyone's relationships were good. Like, I I liked what happened with Chuck and Sarah. I liked what happened with Morgan and Big Mike. I liked what happened with... Nicole Richie and Sarah. I liked what happened with Chuck and 
Casey and Stone Cold, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that it was a fun episode. It wasn't like my favorite episode of Chuck by any means, but I enjoyed it. Okay, Chris, lay it on me. Um, well, no, I would I would agree. I'm going to give this episode a four out of five. Wow. Um, I really like this episode, maybe partially ironically, maybe real. I'm not really sure. I'm always inclined to like episodes that are centered around the Bymore and Castle and kind of keep it local to that, the Bymore. Um, I wish there was a little less time spent in the air ducts because I felt like there was a ridiculous amount of time based on air <laughs> ducts, true. which yes. I was just like, OK, we get it. Um, but overall, I thought it was good. I was happy to see Stone Cold Steve Austin again. And I feel like the writers were able to give Chuck and Sarah another kind of relatable, interesting arc this episode as a, a new couple. Um, yeah. Felt like the conversation was very grounded. And that is certainly a um, an area in a field that couples need to to talk about and to uh, to work through at some point about their their future or their goals for their their lives. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sad to see Beckman leaving the Bymore and returning to Washington, D.C. and on the Yeah, it seemed screen, like she was but... really enjoying her time in California. Yeah. And I'm sorry that she's going to have to go back to the grind. But with that said, I'm glad that Big Mike is back to the Grimes, if you know what I mean. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, glad that Big Mike's back. Um, thought it was an enjoyable episode. I really liked the Bymore episodes. So that is where I am at. Great. So we also have a segment here that we just started recently that is all about learning. So we're going to share the lessons that we learned this week. Erin, what did you learn this week? I learned that apparently it's a normal thing in other people's relationships for them to use each other's toothbrushes. And I guess I'm the weird one for thinking that's disgusting. I learned this week that sometimes your stepfather and your assistant manager are the same person, and that's okay. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah, it's all, it's all fine. Um, That's an important lesson. Everyone has to go through that at some point, mm-hmm. and it's important that you learned it now. Correct. You're gonna. You might wake up in you know thirty years and be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it took me this long." But I saved is, you all that time. Now you're good. Is it possible for your actual stepfather to become your assistant manager at some point, or probably I mean, no- not? Nothing is impossible, but I'd say that the odds of that are probably very slim. It would probably necessitate very drastic career changes for the both of us <laughs> and i yeah, don't know okay. if i can do that in the amount of time before he like officially retires which will probably be uh-huh. in the, some point in the near future so um okay maybe i could work towards it that would actually be a really fun goal yeah. to have he seems like he's a very that good would worker be a fun so goal. yeah i think yeah. my i would i would be uh, okay to have him as my my assistant manager I will uh, see if I can convince my parents to get divorced so that my stepfather can become my assistant manager. You're going to... <laughs> I'll as sabotage a, As marriage. an only child, you're going to see them soon after this recording. You're going to drive into the middle of the desert, see your parents, and then try to convince them to get divorced after how many years of marriage? 36. 36. They've been married for 36 years? How old am I? Oh, 37. 37? Yeah. That's awesome. Good for them. When's their anniversary? 37, uh, this, uh, September 10th. Oh, so I just missed it. Yeah, you missed it. I'm sorry. Uh, I could have could have texted them. You could have texted my dad and he would have not responded. No, but I could have texted your mom and she would have responded. And that sounded like it was a your mom joke. <laughs> and it was not. It, was it just... wasn't. It was just genuine. <laughs> it's a true fact. If you text my mom, she'll answer. <laughs> because she's rated E for everyone. <laughs> no, no. Don't, shut up. Um, I had this is not really related to my mom or anything but I had a phone call earlier this week that was this it was the number when it showed up on my iPhone was labeled from Medford Mass and it was the most Bostonian man I have ever heard and he called and he said I I don't want to try to do a Boston accent but he said in a heavy Boston accent like hi Robbie this is me I hope you and the girls are okay um and he like told me a lot about his life and said like, um, I'm gonna be charging my phone, so give me a call back and um, maybe tomorrow. I don't know how long it takes to charge this man's phone, but he did leave me this message and then I texted him and I said, hey, um, I hope that you're able to find Robbie, but that's not me. I hope you're having like a good day. Like I said, like some nice pleasantries. Didn't hear from him. He didn't call back. He didn't text me back. I don't know if this man ever found Robbie, but. It was kind of nice to get as a voicemail. <laughs> I had one 
not too long ago that was i don't know if i can find it now i probably can't um maybe if i search so i got a text um at the beginning of the month that said hi sarah jenny here mathnasium is waiting to get the test i think from Lindsay. lex and i are wondering if she'll be able to have her calculator as it's listed as one of her accommodations thanks did you respond so I said, yes, she's available to have her calculator. Also, make sure that she brings a snack as this test will take a while. No. Oh, my God. You did. No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Okay. I said, hi, Jenny. I think you have the wrong number. And I signed it, Chris. And she said, so sorry. Thanks. Well, that's nice. I used to have someone in college who would call me like every like couple of months. And I don't know that I ever like told him that. But I had like. I ha- at that I had a voicemail that said like hi this is Aaron Arada like whatever and this guy would call like all the time and it was like this old man and he would like be talking to like someone who wasn't me and I was like how are you not figuring this out after like it happened like seven times maybe he was someone from maybe he was from the future and he was trying to contact me maybe it's me oh from god, the future and I'm trying oh to call god. you oh my god and I have to- a different name I have like I don't remember what the name was but it was like Ben or something so I'm Ben in the future wow. This sounds wow. like really a uh, cloud atlas kind of stuff that's going on right now. That's true. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, wow, what a fun, exciting, emotional roller coaster of an episode, or should I say an emotional air duct of a uh, an episode. Wow, that's true. That is what that is. So Aaron and I are going to crawl back into our respective air ducts until next time. Uh, until then, I've been Chris Gillespie reminding you that food is sexy. And I've been Aaron Arata letting you know that anything is possible. Even someone clank, with clank clank. That's me going back into the air ducts. Anything is possible with someone with two eyes, two eyeballs, and two ears, and a functioning brain praising Nicole Richie's acting abilities. <laughs> she was great. <laughs> well, you're great. Thank you, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. As always, a big thanks to the artist Hadakoa and the fine folks at freemusicarchive.org for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. If you want to drop us a line, you can reach us at gocheckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Go Check Yourself on your preferred podcast platform. New episodes come out every Monday morning and you do not want to miss a new episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.